forever. Dog. I make a huge mistake with this stuff where I poured turkey gravy into the Paschetti sauce because they said, make the gravy. Some people call it sauce, some people gravy. So I put turkey gravy, poured that in to the Paschetti sauce, and nobody liked my macaroni. I will say that I, a rat pig, would Mm -hmm. eat that anyway. I found, because okay, so here's my thing. I try to eat healthy except for treats because I love sugar because I'm a rat pig. Uh-huh. I just want to let you in on a little thing. You might mm. not be a rat pig. First of all, you're not a rat pig. I, you don't, but this is what I'm going to say. Okay. Rats and pigs wish. Because you like, sh- thank you, Brad. I don't want to say that. <laughs> thank you. Cause, just because you, oh, oh, you're the one who likes sugar. Well. I knew I'll, someone was asking, all I do is eat sugar all day. I could. <laughs> I purchased this these these Klondike cones and half of them were normal. They're like vanilla with chocolate mm-hmm. on top. The other yeah. half yeah. were bastard cones. And I said, yes. I have to have them. And they said sure. they're mermaid or unicorn, whatever mm-hmm. they have to you don't have by the way, you don't have to tell me that they're made from mermaids or you, all, all you need to do is tell me that they have sugar in them. I'm gonna stuff them in my they don't need to be magical. And that was the same case as when I was a little girl. You didn't have to be like Ooh, these sprinkles are they're fairy dust. Like I don't I don't care. So I, they had yeah, these yeah. they had like four cones that were regular cones and the other four were like like pink and blue. So this is a box of and eight. It was a box of eight and it they were like gender reveal colors slash okay. trans pride flag mm-hmm. and happy pride everybody. But I they were disgusting. <laughs> that sounds bleak. And it sounds like I would have knocked the entire box back in one sitting. They were also kind of soft because the freezer (laughs) was not great. But these are the challenges. Yeah. This is what this is what separates the good from the the pigs from the rats from the rat pigs. So Uh I'm Mm unfurling the paper around the cone. Yeah. And I go, whoa! It was. It's like mm. I was gonna be gross. You, Do you want me to say something dirty? I'll say something. It's like peeling off the condom and being like, oh, everybody out! Everybody out! It, or not, <laughs> not everybody out, but just like comforter's gonna need a wash. Sure. Okay, so I'm unpeeling the paper like the, on the ice cream. Like the <laughs> worst. <laughs> uh, the, it's like the early drafts of Amelie. <laughs> Exactly. Where they're like, hey, I think we're going to make no this maybe not this hard R. We're maybe want to make Amelie. Uh, Listen, I'm some on of strike. I'm on strike because I write what I write. Yes. You write what you write. Okay. So you. Okay. My script was called Emily. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was about a whore mm-hmm. who was a rat pig who liked sugar yes. and things that didn't have colors that existed mm-hmm. in nature. 
and that became Emily in Paris after several producers mm-hmm. took it over. Well, and I called it Emily. And... I actually called it Emily in Paris to be classy. That's very classy. I would have dressed up for that show. Yeah, it tricked it tricked them. Would have put an. Well, I did. I came on. in with, with a big bow in my hair and a big lollipop, and my bloomers mm-hmm. were showing, and I was like, "I'm, I'm, ooh, I got Mary Jane's on," and yeah. I had like a cold. Ooh la la! Release exactly. the Julie cut of Emily in Paris. Yes, release yes. the Julie cut. And I'm just going to say one thing now, Julie. This is a sidebar. Yeah. I sit in this spot every uh, time I do a podcast here at Forever Doll. Head of the table. The way this mic is set up, my cord, it is like I'm being pulled. The weight of this thing. Right. It's like a cane that someone's trying to like take you off the stage in vaudeville. So I put it here and then it's there and I move it there. It falls off and my head gets pulled this way with it. Yeah. I tell you, it's a warning forever, dog. I'm bumping that to the top of the list. Top of the list. I come there's in a here. list? Because I put my arm. I put my arm. Oh, and there's a cord under my arm. A coil cord. feels like I'm trapped in a circuit city. Abandoned circuit co- city. You know who had the same complaint as Harpo? He really did. In that picture, I'm glad we... Uh, Really got that out there for everybody. A lot to of see chatter online. The, a lot of chatter online about a uh, chatter. Uh, yes, D to B ratio, mm-hmm. uh, and and so on and so forth. <laughs> he was yeah. lying down. Mm-hmm. I stand by. Our, I stand by my, what we said. He was as soft as my ice cream, and don't worry, I stopped eating it after like five or six bites. Cone, cones. I would have just taken the whole box and gone oh. <laughs> eight cones at once. Watch this. Eight isn't enough for me. You start with the point, the pointy parts or the the thick parts. I just eat the box. What Harpo's wife asked him, and it's exciting. Brett, this is not maybe not the time for you to hear this. Julie and I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. double threat is leaving forever. Dog, we are joining OnlyFans oh, now. Shit, yeah. Along with the roasts of Bert Kreischer and. Mm-hmm. All the rest. You bringing me uh, with you, or is that sort of a uh... maybe? Maybe it depends on if you know those lemon stealing sluts. Yes. You know, and I'm have very you close. Them yet? I'm zone- I'm, I have one of my uh, conspiracy boards going. Um, I after last week, I gave up on connecting uh, MK Ultra to the Beefsteak Charlie's uh, restaurant franchise. That ended up uh, yielding nothing. Um, at least nothing provable, nothing conclusive, you know, a lot of smoke and where there's smoke, there's fire, but I couldn't find the fire. So I'm scrapping that and I'm going to, um, I'm now trying to track down the identities of the, of the, uh, lemon stealing, the lemon um, stealing sluts. sluts. Yeah. I'm getting close. Mm-hmm. I'm getting close. I do. I mean, I've got, I've got the best bait I, you could possibly have. I have a lemon tree in my backyard, Lemons. which mm-hmm. is, is looking, uh, noticeably bare, lately yeah yeah uh which really hurts my limoncello uh you know uh uh production workflow which brett launched a company called sun, sun valley. valley sun valley limoncello limoncello.com 
No, uh, don't actually have, not. Don't have that. Don't have nope. that. I should get that real quick. Do you have the URL? I mean, do you have the at lockdown for social media of Sun Valley Lemonchala? None of the above. Who's doing no, your no, social no. media? Real fast, right uh, now. Sandy. Sandy's I'm in charge. Literally going to see if I can. Two year old son is doing our. If to- Tom, if you get Sun Valley Lemoncello right com, we could do really funny things Tom, on that site. Tom, I'm trying to get it right now. Please Tom, do it right fast. now. Tom, no, Brett, I'm going to distract you. I'm going you. as fast um, as I can. Hey, Brett. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. Tell me about. Tell me three things about Art the Clown. Really oh, fast. Oh, damn it. Okay. Um, that's too good to avoid. Um, somebody already things. got it. Well, the great thing about Art the Clown is we really don't know much about him. That's kind of his. That's kind of the appeal of Art the Clown is. Uh, what do it's, you mean we already got it? Well, somebody else already owns it, Brad. What? Shit! Oh, you're not gonna like this. I'm seeing it as available. It's John Cassier. Oh <laughs> shit! So he's been li- well. At least we know now he's been listening to the show. Otherwise, that would be a huge coincidence. It's the Crypt Keeper. It's the the oh, the first post is the Crypt Keeper drunk. Well, you know what? Touche, under... touche, Casir. That's a pretty. Now he's throwing up. A pretty Crypt impressive throwing move. Up. Um, really quick. Can I do some footnotes really quickly? Can I just if say welcome yeah, to but, Double yeah, Threat first of all? Starring Tom Sharpling. That's me. And Julie Klausner. That's you. That's the worst opening ever. I think it's the best because you didn't call yourself the announcer. I just wanted to preempt that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was my only goal is that you not. I I won't have a friend of mine put himself down. Yeah, thanks. I'm not Ed Hall. What am I, Ed Hall up in this piece? With two Ds? Yeah. Speaking of double Ds, Brett has something to say. I just want to say a couple. Just if you're a Double Bs. Let's get to double Bs right now. Double Bs. Exactly. What do you got there, uh, Double B? Uh, if you're a new listener just joining Double us, welcome B. to the show. This is a fun place to hang out every Monday with two of the funniest people on God's green earth, uh, Tom and Julie. But enough and- about Garfunkel and Oates! Yes. Please, enough. We get it. I... Uh, a couple things of the past that, that was that was a rapid fire. You know, you got a lot there. I just want to just want to say a couple footnotes. Uh, Harpo Marx. We posted a, a photo of Harpo Marx naked uh, that was on uh, auction last week. So that's on our Twitter at Double no Threat Pod. Trigger warning. No, I, I thought it. Well, it's a classy nude. You know, it's it's um it's a okay. I, trigger I, warning. Triggered. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers warning. <laughs> Okay, and then a, f- a footnote to the footnote. That's a reference to uh, when uh, I stepped on. Uh, Julie was uh, setting up this really exquisite joke about uh, Roy Rogers' horse trigger, and then turning that into trigger warning. Sure. And I stepped on it with a with a admittedly worse version of the joke that she was building up to. Brett, for some uh, reason, thought we were on a joke-based game I show was, and buzzed in really quickly. He was excited. He was Rocky Horroring. He was Rush, shouting at the screen. Brrr, he got excited. Trigger warning. Okay, uh, for 500, Brett Boehm. Uh, trigger warning. That's correct. Brett, you have control of the board. And this character that Tom is doing has not crossed any picket lines. No, no. I tell you, if I see that Ken Jennings out there, I'm going to say uh, this Give game show host like, yeah. mm-hmm. recently got a milkshake dumped on his head for Oh, hosting. no, and you're going to do it? And he'll go, uh, who is Ken Jennings? I'll go, yup, pour a milkshake he, oh, on his head. I go, go, 
strawberry. Mm. Mm, strawberry. Never happened. First of all, everybody stands there. They wait for a milkshake, which is notorious yesterday. slow. It basically happened to me in my kitchen when I was trying to eat those melted bubblegum things uh-huh. like a like like over my trash where rat pigs have their habitat. Uh-huh. And basically you melted like pink stuff onto my own face and almost went mm-hmm. strawberry. Mm-hmm. Strawberry. Oh, 10 out of 10. It was not a 10 out of 10, that's yeah, for so sure. It was 2 out of 10. This is terrible. <laughs> Um, Brett, explain yes. everything we just talked about. Great. For some reason. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. There was a John Kassir reference in there a while back. John Kassir is, of course, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and he is our longtime uh, nemesis, antagonist. Uh, Speaking of footnotes. Uh, but seriously, why are you doing this? Is this a new idea that you have? To, this is, a, like, this is a new idea just to make people... Patching people up at the beginning of he, every show? He wants the show to feel like, like what you're listening to is... It's like you're, it's like infinite jest. It's yes, just yes. footnotes upon footnotes so really upon footnotes. really accessible and easy. Real and like fun. Every, it's for everyone. Come on in. Have a good time. I'm trying yeah. to do something for which the technology has not been invented yet. Because it'd be great if this could literally be like a footnote. You know, you're listening and then you click on something and you get a little audio footnote. Pop-up video. Pop-up unfortunately, video. it all has to be layered on top of, it, you know, itself. Uh, uh, so, but I just want to make sure people coming in, you know, this, because what a rich universe this show is at this point. I mean, we are closing in. We're getting close to 200 episodes. There is, I mean, we have, we have gone on so many journeys on this show. That's it. And so I just, I know, I know it feels like, it Seriously. feels like twice that uh with the amount of uh you know stuff that has happened and And characters we've encountered and there ain't been one bad episode not a down episode in the whole lot it was bad (laughs) you've never heard it i never heard what the bad episode you know the people listening that have not heard the bad episode that we're talking about no there's one Never reached the, the public. We do have one no. unaired episode, but arguably it was it was too good to air. Yeah, it was too hot. No, we had too hot. If we were Jerry Springer, it, it would be released on a VHS TV. tape. Yeah, I took a quick read. Too hot for TV. I took a quick read with our lawyer on. I said, "Give me a quick read on our liability. You know, our mm-hmm. kind of like exposure here, our yeah. legal exposure." Right. And he said. uh, 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 you're more exposed the... than Harpo Marx. Harpo Marx. And also, Brad's lawyer was a raccoon in his backyard yes. stealing <laughs> like seven lemons stuffed in yeah. his mouth. Yeah. And he is a slut. Well, there we go. There we go. We solved it. We got there. Yeah. That, that episode ended up in the shitter. And if you want to hear this episode, Venmo. Shitter Plus. $3,000. Shitter plus at Venmo.com. Yes. Just send it on over. Why should be Venmoing us? Why don't people just Venmo us just out of the kind? Hey, guys. Kindness of their own heart. Here's 50 bucks. Julie, here's 50 bucks. 50 Tom, grand. here's 50 bucks. Just even a little bit. Will you Venmo whatever you can? Just to say, hey, thanks for being you. Maybe we'll Venmo you back five. We'll give you 10% back. Yeah, maybe we'll give you change. Yeah, we'll give you change. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe. Well, speaking of getting money out of the blue, um, we have been, uh, a while back, you sent out a call to listeners to mail in uh, clips, right? Mm -hmm. To actually write out 
Uh, usually yes. they email me at doublethreatpod at doublethreatpod at gmail.com. That is still the preferred way of uh, sending clips. That's your, your preferred, preferred way. way. Uh, Tom and I prefer Ooh. if people physically mail you things. I think Have so. you, you haven't gotten any like, when I say white powder, mm-hmm. I think we know that. I mean, my favorite Eric Clapton song. White lines out on Boehm's desk. This is my favorite Eric Clapton song again. It's down If you want to get down, you better write it all down. Cocaine. Cocaine. Great song. Brad, are people great sending message. you coke? Uh, yeah. They. <laughs> this I haven't received any coke yet. Um, don't send them coke either. Don't do. Don't or, a, or anthrax. Either him. one. No white powders, please. Yeah. Like uh, no white powders. Uh, they might be giants. Said don't let's start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna quote anthrax. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Which which member of they might be giants do you like best? I like John. Lenny. You like Lenny. <laughs> I, I, you like squeaky. You're a squeaky yeah. man. I do want to say the people who are mailing stuff to Brett, the goal is for you to send something that he has to be present for a signature <laughs> to receive. <laughs> That's the true goal is that he gets a, a sticker, like a little, like you missed a package. And Certified now, mail now is what he, we're asking for you to do yeah, now. Now he has to go to the post office, wait in line to get the certified thing, show his ID, get it, and he opens it. It just says YouTube.com. What if it just says YouTube.com? I just want to say, if anybody sends a thing to Brett certified and the piece of paper only says YouTube.com. It will be funny and we'll like it. You are in the... Hall of Fame. You're in the Hall of Fame. I can't believe you're escalating also, this. The plan, your plan's already working. I have a stack of envelopes here on my desk. Yeah, well, that's just because if we de-escalated it, we'd be like Trump going to the yeah. lobby to announce that he's going to be the goddamn president. Yeah. <laughs> We're the opposite. Yep. We don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. We're the Santos. We like the Santos here. We are. Yeah. We are the Santos heads. Brad mm-hmm. is from Georgia, so of course he prefers Marjorie Taylor Greene. Naturally, from Dalton, Georgia, the carpet capital of the country. Yes, and a lot of fumes in the air up in Dalton. We each have our people. Like, look, DeSantis is for all of us, but Julie, you have yeah. Eric Adams. I have his wife. I have Mrs. DeSantis. But I'm saying in your backyard, you've got Eric Adams. What a stylist she has. New Jersey, oh, I've what got be, yes. Chris Christie. Uh, who's also going to throw his um, and the, and what kind of hat does Chris Christie wear was that if he was going to throw it into the ring would it be like one of those tiny little pork pie hats or would it be like a big old baseball cap like he's what kind a little of, boy what kind with of a lollipop hat? he probably would wear a stupid Yankees cap Fedora? right oh a Yankees are, do people in New Jersey like the Yankees are they allowed to like the Yankees well there's no baseball team that competes so Oh, so they can't, they have to like shoot. What about, a? T- I could see him with a top hat, like the mayor of Groundhog Day. I could see him with a top hat, definitely, of Chris Christie wearing a top hat. Um, I could totally see Chris Christie wearing a top hat. Could you picture him wearing a cat in the hat rave hat by any chance? <laughs> 
What if he was like campaigning at raves, EDM fests this summer? Handing out, handing out Molly. Are there any Iowa EDM fests? New Hampshire, Iowa. He's just and then like you look over and he's in the corner just sucking on the pacifier on his own yeah. necklace because he's scared. Yes, he's over in the corner. You're right, man. Somewhere. That was the oh man, the time I went to a rave, I was in the corner the whole time sucking on my pacifier. I was like, make it stop. I don't like this music. <laughs> he would be the only person listening to Bruce Springsteen on Molly. <laughs> or he'd get the DJ to change it over to like Nebraska and he'd be like, Hey guys, I'm freaking out. Like this? Who put Nebraska on? I'm so freaking out. out. <laughs> You're freaking me out with this. Nebraska's freaking me out. It's too much. Put a born in the USA on. Did you see Billy Joel's finish with his uh, MSG run? I saw he just announced, like Better. a Chinese restaurant, no mm-hmm. MSG. Oh, shit. Starting next year, like a Chinese restaurant behind the times, next year, no MSG. But unlike a Chinese restaurant, that guy... Decides to quit when he's done. Chinese restaurants are open all year round. Yes. Long hours. They and work hard. They don't quit. No, they don't. He will honor this. Yes, he's ending his run of performing monthly shows at Madison Square Garden. Where I think that means, yeah, we've served our time. New York has been served yes. parole. Yeah. He we just made parole. New York just made parole. You're you're getting out finally. Call hey, call us Leslie Van Houten. We're getting out because we might be breathing mm-hmm. free air. Yeah. What do you think the odds are that Leslie Van Houten, if she does get out, shows up at John Waters' Christmas show in Los Angeles? <laughs> well, how about this? He's got a movie coming out. Oh yeah, he's making a movie. Put her it. Put her in it. Get her in the movie. Put her in the friggin' movie. Put her in John Waters. Get put her, her in there. the friggin' movie. You don't and have to tell him twice. That's former Manson family member Leslie Van Houten. Yeah. Uh, okay. And okay, we never Gil thought Garcetti. it was going to happen. Going to go arrest her again? You're like a oh, former Manson family. Like you're like you're you're, <laughs> you're putting the charges on her again. I said former. Gee, let her- Yes, she well. Well, once, once you're once you're your family, you're there. Your family. When you're a jet, you're a jet out. all the way from your first cigarette yeah. to your last dying day. Yeah, that's what I said when I was at that rave and I had my passy and I was like, "Put on West Side Story," and they're like, "No, we're dancing to the the music." I yeah. said, "I don't like it." Yeah, but because I was at Chris Christie, I couldn't get them to change the music, mm-hmm. and I had to like get a ride home. From my friend Finkelstein, and my mom told me had a crush on me, but I later found out I was gay. Oh no! Fine. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel, and Doug is back from down under. Goodbye. Goodbye. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them.
what do we got on the show today? Oh my goodness! All right, so here's what we got coming up. I'm gonna we, we got this. I I, I got to start cutting into this stack of letters I got because otherwise it's gonna keep yeah. growing and sure. it's gonna topple over mm-hmm. on me in my sleep. Uh, yeah. and, That's what Harpo said. About- That's what Harpo did say that he was worried. And he didn't own- speak a lot. He wrote that book, but he was that was a good book too. He was reading. I never read it. Harpo speaks. So I got so coming up later in the show, we're gonna we're gonna I'm I'm requesting if I can do two listener some mailed in listener clips on the show today. Later in the show, we'll get get to those. And also, I will tease this because this uh, you know I want to be transparent about this. I don't want this to cause any problems or issues. I'm open to any you know open to all uh, discussions here. We can you know openly discuss this. Uh, The last the most recent letter I received with with a clip in it. Uh, 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 also had a $10 bill in it, a $10 oh. bill uh, in it. Uh, like somebody's got some Venmo in to do. That's $10 divided by two equals five each. I think we're owed Tom. Let's give them interesting, interesting. two with a 10. Four so, and um, four. Two, four, four. Brett, will you please Venmo us each $4? Yeah. Yes. Okay, three. How about three? Three, three fifty each. Three fifty, three fifty, and three, and that's, that's exactly. like that's just not for me. That's for the operation. That's for that's for, oh, for yeah, the processing sure. costs. Sure processing three costs. Three fifty. Hello, Joe. Uh, hey, it's Brad. Uh, I just want to know. I have this three dollars uh, that was said. Uh, I want to properly account for I just it. So declare it. I'm just yeah. being, so I'm declaring it. So this yeah. is me declaring yeah. it. Yeah. So that's later in the show. Also later in the show. This is very exciting. We have. An incredible guest on the show today. We will be joined by actor, mm. dancer, producer, mm. Broadway royalty, Hollywood royalty, yeah. Nicole Fossey. Nicole Fossey, uh, the daughter of Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon, will be joining us right here on Double Threat. But first, last week, last week on the show, uh, we uh, started to cast... The Avengers with just David Lynch, David Lynch characters, characters from David Lynch movies, uh, David Lynch's Avengers. You can go if you go on our socials at Double Threat Pot or listen to last week's episode. You can hear the first half of that. Uh, we we cast uh, uh, Henry from Eraserhead as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Frank Booth is the Incredible Hulk. Uh, Sandworm from Dune as Hawkeye. Just a lot of great. Uh, a lot of great choices here. The Lady in the Radiator is Captain Marvel. That whole list is on our socials right now, the first half. Uh, but we've got some some characters remaining, some uh, some villains, some some sort of deep cut characters here. Uh, so I thought we could finish this up real quick, if that's okay. all right with you. Uh, all right, so here we go. We've got first up uh, is uh, Jarvis slash vision this was kind of a complicated character in the in the marvel cinematic universe this is played by paul bettany and uh, jarvis started out as iron man's like ai system so mm-hmm. iron man's like a robot assistant yes um, oh okay but then later became um uh kind of like manifested as this android with superpowers called a uh, vision so it's yes. like he's like a robot essentially a yeah. smart uh kind of sensitive mm-hmm. robot okay Hmm. There's no how in this world is the problem. Hmm. Yeah. 
killer Bob from Twin Peaks? Is that mm. too evil? There's a part of, yeah, there's a, a part of it that is like good thing gone bad with vision. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Right? Is that fair to say, yeah. Brent? Sort of like, like uh, just like too much power, you know, yeah. sort of like a, you know, Oppenheimer thing, just like a good guy, but then just took on, you know, he's, he's just got too much power, too much abilities. It's inevitably going to turn. Should we do uh, Gene the Pool Man? Is that the Billy hunk? Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus from Mulholland Drive. The hunk named Billy Ray right. Cyrus. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what do you think? Tr- yeah, definitely. That's great. Okay. Gene the Pool Man. <laughs> it's the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Jarvis Vision, Paul Bettany, Jarvis. Iron Man's AI computer system, later uploaded into the Android known as Vision. Gene the Pool Man. <laughs> and uh, I posted this on Twitter. I found out because I was like doing some Lynch r- research when I was putting this all together. I found this quote from Billy Ray Cyrus where he said that uh, Mulholland Drive was his first acting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't really know. He still doesn't really know what Mahalo Drive was about, or you know, kind oh, well, of that, all that. Why should Billy Ray Cyrus breathe different air than any of us? Yeah, you think that guy cracked it? But he said it did give him the confidence to continue on, and he said that there would n- be no Hannah Montana without David Lynch. Was a direct yeah, so quote. David so. Lynch is to blame for what else? <laughs> what else do we have to blame yeah. the guy for? What else you got on the list? Uh, the the breakout character from uh, Ant Man uh, and the Wasp: Quantumania, of course, in the bridge, played by our own uh, Tom Sharpling. Of course, yeah. Um, Ooh. And here's here's what we know about and Tom. Please correct me if I'm wrong here. Here's what we know about in the bridge. Uh, uh, he's seems to be like a foodie. He's eating. Yes. We see him eating fine dining. Uh, so kind of a foodie, uh, and is really he does not like to be interrupted while he's eating. Mm-hmm. I think were the two were the two big I think things I noticed about this character. I don't know if there's yeah. anything else that I missed. He didn't like getting. <laughs> he was out on a fancy dinner at the this restaurant, and then the spaceship landed, and it bugged him while he was eating this fancy dinner. Dressed impeccably as well. Great fashion Dressed sense. Dressed impeccably, of course. Who's like the best looking character? Who's like the best looking guy in any of these movies? Oh, Justin Theroux? No, Should we have it be Justin Theroux and Mulholland Drive? I think it should Balthazar be the baby. The baby. <laughs> Would you stop it? When but he looks <laughs> like the baby. It's weird makeup and whatnot. Okay. I mean, it is an alien, right? That baby's definitely an alien or alien like. He's alien mm. to that. But yeah. And his life Henry. gets interrupted by uh, Henry. Yeah, there you go. And he is hungry. That's true. He is hungry. He's hungry. Making more sense. <laughs> the eraser head baby. The eraser head baby. <laughs> Who I met, by the way. Mm. The baby? Had, yeah. Very cool. Did a, a... And and who's his father, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? I keep forgetting. Um, It was uh, Al Pacino. Yeah. That's my baby. Ooga. 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 So. That's my baby. That's like babies mm -hmm. melt down when you're too old and you're singing songs that are too old to them. Yeah, no, sir. It don't mean maybe. (laughs) (laughs) This next one is a good one. Oh, Loki, a fan favorite in the MCU. Loki uh, is Thor's brother. He's a 
classic trickster character, the god of mischief. So he's starts out as a bad guy. Oh, lady guy. behind the dumpster. Lady behind the dumpster. Great. Perfect. A trickster? That lady. Yeah! Mm-hmm. That's what she did to me when I saw that movie. Ah! There we go. That's great. That right in front of the lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, a villain who kind of has a redemption story at the very end. Uh, MODOK, which stands for Mechanized Organism Designed Only for Killing. Uh, I believe this character is also from Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's um, It was a human who then got, who was a bad guy, played by Corey Stoll, and then uh, he got trapped in the quantum realm and then turned about, uh, turned into a sort of uh, like a, a big head in a robot body, as you can see there. Um, and, and, and he was in the service of this even, even, even worse villain. And at the very end, he did like a good thing right before he died. Mm-hmm. Modoc. What about Robert Loja from Lost Highway for him? I like that. That's great. And that's um, I love it, uh, Mr. Eddie, Mr. Eddie. Mm-hmm. Hello, <laughs> I'm Mr. Eddie. <laughs> oh, Billy, you like that orange juice? I mean, you joke, but a Robert Loja voiced horse is something that we missed out on. Yeah, and I'm yeah. angry about. Where are my oats? Go get me some hay, Billy. Oh, Billy, where's my hay? Yeah. Uh. Um, let's see. We already cast uh, Dorothy Valens as the Scarlet Witch. Uh, I think this was pending, but we had Mystery Man for Thanos, uh, the Robert Blake character from Lost Highway. Do we want to lock that in? The Mystery yeah, Man I mean, is Thanos. Yeah, I mean, like something so. Tom was so. certain about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I makes a lot of him. sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, so our last three here are all villains. These are all villains. Okay. Uh, so the first is a Red Skull uh, from Captain America. He is a uh, Nazi who is into the paranormal, and then it backfires. Kind of, uh, he he injects himself with a super serum. He becomes super strong, but he also has a a red uh, disfigured disfigured skull head. Yeah, he sure is that does. Like- um, Laura, Laura Palmer's dad, like that oh, monster. Oh, Ray Wise. That's yeah, great. Do Ray Wise's character from Twin Peaks. Leland Palmer. Leland Palmer. I think that's well, perfect. Also known as Leland Palmer from All That Jazz. So, but it was a different Leland Palmer who starred in All That Jazz. Okay. Leland Palmer. I'm always curious as to why they would name a character after uh-huh. a lovely character actress who should have gotten more work. Anyway. Uh, and then next up, uh, uh, Hela, uh, played by Kate Blanchett in the Thor movies. Uh, she's the goddess of death in Norse myth- mythology and antagonist of Thor and just a real badass, real killing machine. And she's got these antler kind of antler mm. headdress here. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what about Ann Miller in Mulholland Drive? There you go. She's not evil in that. She's just like a, a weird, a strange landlady, I'd say. I don't think she's a bad person. I just think she could do great things with the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hela is the goddess of death. You know, it's not like she's like a human who just decided to become bad. I mean, she's, she, you know, she plays the role of, you know, she's, she's like a mythological, vi- you know, villain. She's doing what she's supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Maybe that is Ann Miller. Like maybe Ann Miller kind of she is sort of like represents like old Hollywood. She's sort of like bringing you into the 
the land of the not living. That's mm-hmm. great. That apartment complex, it's sort of like welcome to the afterlife in a way. I like that. I love that. And was she she was Coco, was that her name? Coco, Coco in, yeah. In Mulholland Drive. This is great. All right. And now we are down to one final character. It's a tricky one. There's a lot going on here. Um, so this is uh, uh, Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3 played um, uh, a character called the Mandarin, but his, he was really a guy named Trevor Slattery. So what's going on here is in Iron Man 3, for half of the movie, you think that the villain is this is this very cartoony villain called the Mandarin. You think he's the one who's doing all these bad things. It turns out that the Mandarin is played uh, by an actor. So Trevor Slattery is an actor who was hired to pretend sort of like in the movie, the game it was like, he was pretending to be this villain. And then in reality, it's this corporation doing it behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So he's an actor pretending to be like a cartoony comic book villain when really it's this corporation doing all the bad things. Hmm. What's going on in the elephant man? Do we have any elephant man representation? We, do not. we don't. Is there anything that could, crossover from there because I've never seen it. I could see Mr. Bites from Elephant Man. He is like the evil he runs the circus at the very beginning of the movie where the Elephant Man is like basically imprisoned against his will and forced to like you know be put on public display. Mm -hmm. Is that does that go with this character? Doesn't quite have the duality of this character um, right? but there is like a he's just sort of a cheap showman who'll do anything for a buck so in that, so in that case it kind of does work but um should we be going for one of these split characters like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well we did you know we did patty from lost, from highway, lost plays, highway like two different people who plays two characters who else plays two characters in the david lynch world naomi watts Is there... plays, has two names in it Yes, yeah, so I think we we used her. Well, we could do oh, Laura Harring. Is she? Is she? Oh, she yeah, I mean, she's kind of dark. I don't. I wouldn't say she's evil, but she's yeah. she's definitely like the quintessential like duality. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. Let's do that. All right, great. So Laura Herring, uh as um. See Rita slash Camilla Rhodes in Mulholland Drive, yes. and that completes David Lynch's Avengers. There it is. We did it. Woo-hoo! Yeah, great. We done did it. We we did we do it. Mm-hmm. The I'm first the eat. first list played great on Reddit. I think this one's gonna play even oh. better. Yeah, oh, I can't. Oh, boy. I love Reddit. I spent all my time reading about, I typed my name into Reddit 20 times. I, what does Reddit think of me? Can I go on living today? Yeah. You know, I thought, hey, why don't I, why don't I pop this into the Marvel subreddit? I'm sure they'll get a kick out of this. Oh, I'm sure that'll go great. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to hear how stupid I am. No, well, they're just going to say <laughs> David Lynch is jealous because yes. he didn't get to direct a Marvel movie. And he, they're totally right. Well, and speaking of Marvel, I am marveling at the name of this guest that just joined us on Zoom, Nicole Fossey. Nicole Fossey is going to join us after the break to talk about uh, Broadway and the Tonys and her dad's movies. And And uh, all that jazz. All that jazz. All that jazz. So don't go 
anywhere. We are back with an exciting guest and a friendly face. And I am so delighted to welcome Nicole Fossey to the show. Nicole, hello. Hi, Julie. Nicole, this is my friend, Tom. Mm Hi, I'm happy to be here. It's so exciting. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. So, Nicole, we know each other. Should we should we start with how you and I met originally? Yeah, go take it back. <laughs> so I I met you a few years ago when I decided to write a piece about um, the quad was doing a retrospective of all of your dad's films. They showed all of your dad's films. And I decided to write about them because I'd never seen them all in a row like that. And it was um, it was such a great experience because I actually I think <laughs> I think your dad's actually a really, really underrated filmmaker. I, in my in my opinion, I think he's you know certainly gotten a lot of claim in other in other directions in other directions and as a director, but as a film director, I think he's just magnificent. So it was so exciting to see that, and I I wrote about it, and you were there because you introduced Cabaret and you spoke about your experience um, remembering your mom flying a gorilla suit to Germany because it had to be the right gorilla suit. And I was so impressed with you that I included you in the piece and I gave you a nickname that you had your assistant make into a a, a placard for your desk. Is this true? Uh, she, I didn't ask her to make it. She made it and surprised me with it <laughs> because I couldn't stop talking about it. I was so excited. I was like, did you read this? Did you read what she said about me? It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. <laughs> and what is that nickname? Well, who's going to do the cursing here? You or me? <laughs> I'm setting you up for it, Nicole. You better take it. Okay. Tough as shit, Nicole fucking Fossey. I That's was amazing. so impressed with with your, like, having survived so much and with so much humor and a plum and grace, and I still am. So I'm so excited to to talk about your life and your career and and everything else so if there's anyone who's earned that nickname it's you <laughs> well i i i happily take that nickname i um i tend to agree with you i don't always present like that i present a lot of the time very demure and even keel um but there is there is that other person part of me underneath all of it and I'm trying to let her out more often these days. <laughs> I just um, turned 60. So I'm like, all right, oh all right. The rules are, are gone now. Wow. I'm 60. Rules don't apply anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and tell me, last time I saw you, your knee was injured. How was your leg? Tell me about your leg. And please tell our audience how you got injured because it is, I don't want to say it's funny, but it is unusual it's funny it's funny it's totally funny i i have a small farm and i have cashmere goats and i have livestock guardian dogs and i just moved here two years ago so i'm integrating the goats and the dogs because they all came from situations where they weren't used to all of that and um one of my little goats did his little goatee 
head move and my 125 pound livestock guardian dog named Beulah, which is actually the real name of Roxy Hart. From, oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Beulah. Doesn't look great in lights, but it looks good on a farm. Roxy looks way better, but Beulah yeah. presides over the farm, you know, don't mess with her. No. <laughs> And Beulah did her um, 125 pound version of I'm a fish, I'm a salmon out of water swimming upstream. I got to get out of the way of this little goaty head bob. The goat's like 60 pounds and she's 125 pounds. And she was mm -hmm. like, whoa, <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. And she bumped into me and I, my foot didn't move, but my body did. Oof. So my knee took it. So uh, you were you tripped on a goat is what happened. It, well, I had a dog barrel into me because oh, God. he tripped on a goat. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> growing up in New York City, did you ever? That's very far from something that could have happened. Could you can you tell us a little bit about growing up? In yeah, that, well, in that beautiful apartment that I watched on Fosse Verdon, which is also how we know each other, and said. Oh, wow. Look at that breakfast nook. I know. Well, and that that replication, it was truly a replication. Uh, the living room really looked like that with the orange crush velvet wallpaper and everything. Yeah, I'm sure it was like I'm sure you were there to I mean, you were there at all times consulting on every stage of that process. I was, but they surprised me with that set. It was my first day. And Tommy Kale took me by the hand and said, we have a surprise for you. Are you ready? Wow. And walked me into my childhood living room. And all of the set decorators and set painters and prop people were standing there looking at me like, did we do it right? Because it's very complicated and ornate and the artwork and the artifacts and the animal prints and the colors and all of that. And um, I was blown away. It was, it was exactly my living room. And they were so sweet. They were like, did we miss anything? <laughs> well, what was it like? I mean, not just seeing yourself depicted on, on Fosse Verdon, but, but being, seeing yourself depicted in all that jazz as a, what were you 16 when that movie came out or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. What, well, what was that? I Did wanted, you help cast that role or? No, I wanted to play my own part. And I asked my father and he said, you're too old. <laughs> so that was sort of one of my introductions <laughs> to uh, the reality of show business was you're too old, you know, at 16 or 15. I was too old to play the part. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. what is it like you're talking about? Now, your living room is everybody knows your living room. Everybody knows you. Look, I grew up. Was a family of slobs, basically. <laughs> Julie has not a family of slobs. Her family is very educated yeah. and smart. Uh, but what is it like to have people know your business right from the get go? It's like I don't. I have no idea what that must feel like. Um. So I live in a really small community. Um. And I honestly, people around here can't even pronounce my last name. Mm -hmm. They say foos or oh, boss or they don't know. They don't make the connection. Mm -hmm. Very few people until I went to the 
um, the eye doctor and the and the uh, reception person at the front said Fosse, like Bob Fosse, and I was like, yeah. How do you know that? She goes, I was a rocket. Wow. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, right. I was like, and you live where? Like, and she goes, well, what about you? I'm like, okay, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But were you but like as a kid? Were you just yeah. like I like Sean Cassidy, and that doesn't fit the story or or what's what's happening in the house? Did you have your interest I in like, your little? I like Peter Frampton. Peter yeah, Peter Frampton. Frampton. Not Sean sure, Cassidy. Peter Frampton. Okay, mm-hmm. he had the hair, had the hair, and I had the Stevie Nicks hair and the Stevie Nicks makeup, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> and were your parents just like Peter Frampton? What's this? That would be all mine. I yeah. don't think my parents were really that. <laughs> they weren't listening to when he did the vocoder on that. No, they, you know, they were more like, you know, Mick Jagger, Tina Turner, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, even when he was five years old. Um, yeah. Did um you always did you feel pressure to be a dancer? Was it always sort of something where they're like, oh, of course she'll follow in the family footsteps, or was it something that you kind of had like a complicated relationship with? I have a complicated relationship with it, but um, my mom was really great at exposing me to so many different things that I could do in my life. I I mean, I I painted, I wrote. I was a always a creative child. Um, I rode horses. I, um, I just did a lot of things. We traveled. It it didn't have to be dance. I was really good in science. Um, so the way my mother presented it was it didn't have to be dance. Okay. I could do whatever I wanted, but growing up in that family to feel part of that family. Yeah. Mm It, it, I guess I wasn't, um, brave enough to be the you know, the, the black sheep of the, the family, you yeah. know, the outlier and say like, I'm going to become a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Is, is all that jazz, does it resonate? Is it, is it, is there stuff in that that's true or is there stuff in that that's false? Like, is there stuff in that where you're like, oh, I can see how my dad would think that, but it's actually so different. Is it all the above? I think, yeah, I think it's all really true. I mean, just like the FX series, it's um, emotionally authentic, right? So sometimes yeah. for for film, you have to take um, a feeling and put it into a scenario that an audience member can understand a whole um, a whole setup, a whole feeling, a whole psychology, a whole emotional whatever in like two minutes or less, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, so it's reductive a little. Perhaps. I, I mean, it's entertainment. It's made yeah. to entertain also. Um, I don't know what his hallucinations in the hospital were like. You know, I don't know what was going on in his head, right? Like, um, but if he wanted fangirls, then great, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you cry when... I always cry when he hugs his daughter goodbye during Bye Bye Life. I swear to God, Nicole, I can't even like the 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 FX version. I cried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I cry. It's like you said, he's a really good filmmaker, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's something 
that um, with all of that going on, that big rock scene and everything, and then there's all the music is happening, but that moment is very focused and very quiet and very real. And he had a way of doing that, of even with all of the show busyness going on and the sequins and the legs and the all the stuff, there there was this reality in there also. Yeah, it's really, were you, because one of the most astounding things about all that jazz for me is like, if you take a step back from it, you're kind of like, this is truly one of the all-time unique movies that has ever been made. Like, you cannot believe that it exists sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, how did this actually exist and then succeed so wildly and be appreciated? Because it also feels like something that could have been misinterpreted or something that would make sense to people down the road. Oh, now we caught up to the movie. But in its time, people got it. It's just so astoundingly, it's like it's from another planet almost, but it's <laughs> like for, for somebody who didn't live the life, but you lived the life in some regard, did it just feel like some strange funhouse mirror you were looking into or how did it feel when you saw the movie? No, that was like my norm, like to see images like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up around Pippin. Yeah. Sure. Right. And so seeing that to me was just normal. Like, of course, you're going to have people in suits with veins all over them dancing. <laughs> and you're wearing black and silver singing about dying and mm -hmm. then going towards the angel of death. Well, of course, like, sure. isn't right. that how we present stories like that was all normal to me. Mm -hmm. Because you have to understand, again, my, I have a, come from a, a slob background. My all that jazz would be like uh, at a McDonald's drive through probably, or something like that would be the most exciting part of it. So it's just different. Some, like bench warmers, right? <laughs> yes, I'd be closer yes. to bench warmers. Thank oh, you. We call all those bench warmers. <laughs> you, yeah, yes. you do. You do bench warmers. I'll do all that jazz. Okay, okay. Yes, I think we and we we don't pick our lanes necessarily, but we need to acknowledge the yes. the lanes. And I want to show you Nicole behind me. I don't know if you can see it. I have an all that jazz poster in the background, and I'll get ready for this, this. on my other wall. Ooh, there it is. Yep. Julia's holding up a gorgeous poster from the uh, original run of Bob Fosse's Dancing. I want to ask, well, one more thing about growing up. Do you have memories of like, like Liza Minnelli in your living room or like Neil Simon is in your kitchen and you're just like, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like Liza's laughing really loud and like. She just she just went out for like another pack of cigarettes, and I know it's gonna be an all. No, it's gonna be a long night. She and mom are like, they're like doing voice. They're like pretending that they're the cats, and they're doing the voices of the cats. Liza's <laughs> like, what's this? Your <laughs> mom is. By the way, your mom, your mom, the shot of your mom in Liza with a Z. Nobody loved that show more than your mom. Like her, that audience reaction shot of her she's seeing yellow, Liza. Right? She's, she's in, in yellow and she is, yeah. I've never seen someone happier for their friend or like more entertained and right. just more, she's just completely delighted. And it's so wonderful to see. I'm just curious about their, their friendship 
as well. Um, I mean, it, I don't, it was all normal for me to be around those people in those situations and doing that stuff. I never thought it was anything extraordinary. Um, when, when we were in Munich making, um, my dad was making cabaret, they would have poker nights. And if I couldn't sleep, I'd go and sit on his lap as his like good luck charm while he played poker. And then they'd all want me to like take turns, like being their good luck charm or whatever. Um, I don't know. It was, you know, when I, when I would see Liza, so many years later, I was in Munich. I actually met my husband in Munich when I was in my later twenties. <laughs> um, and we went backstage uh, she was giving a concert. We went backstage and he was like, oh my God, Liza Minnelli. And I was like, no, no, no. She's just like a normal, real person. I walk into her dressing room and she's barefoot. And I'm like, oh my God, look at your bunion. She goes, I know. Aren't they terrible? This one's really inflamed. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what you have to do is you have to put a spacer between your toes. She was mm -hmm. like, can I, can I wear that in my shoes or just at night? And we talked about bunions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because she's a dancer, performer, actress. Singer, yeah. I mean, besides the extraordinary part, there's something that all dancers, performers all have in common is like our feet hurt. Right. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and she and your mom were pals. Right. They were close or they just they just yeah, had like I mutual respect. I think my mom just adored her. I mean, yeah. she was just so, um, so genuine. You know, she was so young and so genuine and so trusting yeah. to just put it out there and so adorable. She's adorable. I mean, I know she's sexy in Cabaret and sexy in Liza with a Z, but there's um, I think maybe my mom saw a similarity. Yeah. You know, that kind of like childlike innocence. It's not really childlike, but it's very innocent, very vulnerable, very open with, you know, humor and pathos and complications and simplicity and all of that. And my mom had that same. Well, she does that in Sweet Charity and and your mom does that so effortlessly. And it's something that you can't fake because they tried to there are a lot of actresses they tried to plug in to fake it in a lot of things in the 60s and 70s it was kind of their version of like a manic pixie dream girl just be like oh, a wacky character and like if you're not authentic like your mom who i think was again one of the most underrated character actors of all time like she got you know she was obviously like a broadway star and a legend and a muse and everything else that she was also underrated writer director when you you know consider the body of work and how she was working with your dad but like her as a character actor she was like terry gar combined with like <laughs> so she was a triple threat like nobody's business plus she had this wonderful or like young you know i, I think of um uh I, I i don't know i she's incomparable but i i just um i think of her also having her own voice in a way that her dad had his own voice but together they had this incredible harmony but i do i do know what you mean about that innocent kind of like loopy vulnerability that she had oh my god don't you think um liza minnelli would make an amazing sweet charity she never played charity no oh that's a shame that's very strange i can't i i don't i don't understand why 
that she would have been perfect. Right. Yeah. I think so too. I saw the movie with the uh, um, alternate ending recently at film forum <gasps> a few weeks ago. Really? And I, I was never seen the alternate ending. It was shocking. And I'm be curious. I know your friends, you're, you're close with Neil Simon's daughter. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to know what she thinks of that or how, or what he had thought of it because it's kind of a happy ending and they threw it in the trash and they went with the sadder ending. And I wonder, first of all, it's shocking to me that a studio would allow a happier ending to be shot and not use it because it seems like something they would have forced your dad into using. So I'm very curious about, about that, but it was fascinating to see. Wait, tell me, how does it go? <laughs> he gets together with the guy. No, the, really? Yes, he meets her in Central Park and they're in the they're in the water together and they end up together and they live not just hopefully ever after, but they live happily ever after. Oh, poo. And apparently I know. And apparently <laughs> they showed it to test audiences and they were like, we could go either way. We're, you're going to lose money either way. Mm -hmm. So I think I think I'm not sure. But I think that your dad was like, well, if we're going to go either way, then I want it to be the, you know, the sadder ending. He's not the happily ever after guy. He's the guy that, you know, Charity lives hopefully ever after. No, and it didn't have that <laughs> phone call, which is like this Neil LeBute, like fingernails on a blackboard, like, oh, my God. Um, very, it just makes the ending a lot sadder when she calls home and tells Cheetah Rivera, like, everything's great and I'm in love and we're going to get married right. and everything's fine. So that's that's cut, too. So mm -hmm. it was crazy. It was crazy to see. I want to see it. I've never seen that. I, I, I feel like you should be able to, and I'm going to push that that happens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do that. Make like, sure. The toughest shit Nicole fucking Fossey gets. Yeah, no fucking kidding. Ending. They're not just what? handing nicknames like that out for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call Nancy. That's Neil Simon's daughter. I'm going to call Nancy and um, her sister, Ellen, and see what they know about it. Please loop me in. I okay. want to be on that I call. I won't say a word. I'll put myself on mute. Mm -hmm. I'll okay. get some popcorn, and I just yeah. want to listen to the ladies dish about this because it's fascinating to me. I, I do love that movie very, very deeply. You'll be on the call, and you just hear... <laughs> <laughs> So who's eating popcorn on this Put call? salt on your popcorn or butter or what do you do? So here's the thing. I get this thing from Wegmans and it says plain. So you're like, oh, it's healthy. And then you just what you do is you don't look at the ingredients. You just yeah, don't you just because don't. It, it has stuff on it. I don't know what's on it. But I say, oh, it's plain because right, the ingredient in popcorn should be popcorn. Should be, It's yeah. none of my business. I say to myself. Yeah. It's none of your business what they do to it. I oh, always say, so good. well, this is above <laughs> my pay grade, and then I eat it. I eat it anyway. <laughs> Nicole, I have like a couple extremely random questions that are just I'm curious about, and I apologize in advance if they're stupid. Did your parents ever see cats, or did they have an opinion about cats? It was a phenomenon in the early 80s, and it was a dance phenomenon. No, I... I mean, I, I my father must have gone to see it. I'm sure my mother went to see it because of all the the fabulous dancers in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just curious if they had an opinion, like, because your mother also loved cats, the actual animal. So I wonder if your mother's yes, like, that's not how they would actually. That's not how they dance. So, put it this way: when there was some, when they saw something that they didn't really like, they wouldn't really talk about it because got it. 
them like mm-hmm. to trash talk things. But sometimes there was like a smirk or a look on somebody's face or a sideways comment that would come out like, oh, cats, like, like a white kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you're doing a cigarette. You're doing a cigarette gesture. So I know that you're in the zone right now. I'm sure I'm in the zone. I used to smoke. I don't smoke anymore. Um, did your dad ever work with Sondheim or did your dad ever have any interactions with Sondheim or was it one of those things where it's like, those are two egos and they're not going to. Yeah. Not that well. I know. Not that I know of. I mean, I, you know, he had his very small circle of people that he really liked to work with. They developed a lot of, a lot of trust in their collaboration. Like they knew. Yeah. What the other person wanted or was thinking. And um. So not that I know of. I don't I don't believe he ever did. Um, what did he think of Michael Bennett? I know that you were in the A Chorus Line movie, which I want to ask about. But did he uh, res- were they like peers? Did they have mutual respect or was it a sort of competitive or both? My dad was competitive with everybody. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, Bennett was a great he put together incredible shows. I think one of the big differences and Wayne Salento said this, actually, he was like, as great as the shows were that Michael Bennett put on, he goes, he didn't like create dancing that had a a whole new look or, or even shows that had a new approach other than a chorus line. Right. But everything else was like very, like a standard show. He did it impeccably. He was genius. But he didn't create a whole look for dancing, for choreography, you know. So I I don't know. I mean, my father, like he was very insecure, but he also had a a pretty healthy ego, too. I think he knew that he was in a league of his own in some ways, but he also couldn't get too comfortable in that. Otherwise, he might not continue to be creative mm-hmm. right don't settle don't settle don't settle can you tell us about the chorus line movie that you're in and you are totally beautiful in despite <laughs> you know whatever failings that movie may song. have <laughs> they cut my song mm-hmm. like, don't you know who my parents are <laughs> i'm gonna throw a tantrum i want my song back damn right Daddy, no. (laughs) (laughs) You hear the door slam open. You see a puff of smoke. You see a silhouette. There's a bowler hat. They're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. He's here. He showed up. Put her song back. Put her song back. (laughs) How did that? How did that come about? Did you audition? You're yeah, great. I, you 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 look amazing in it. You move amazing in it. No, I am. Um, I auditioned just like every other whatever, and um, it was down to me and another girl, and we did um, screen tests, and and there you oh. go. I mean, it was was it fun? Um, it was it was really fun. Um, Jeffrey Hornaday had choreographed Flashdance, and I just thought that that was the best thing in the whole world then. And so I loved doing the movement. And then I was kind of perturbed when I had to like be an actress and do the movement. You know, Attenborough came over and he was like, "You can't nail these moves." 
you, you you're Christine. You have to be shy and back off of it. And oh, okay. You have to be not Nicole, like right. Getting into it. You have to be Christine Evelyn Ehrlich at an audition doing this and, and you're not going to get the job. There has to be a reason you don't get the job. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you know why they couldn't use the original? They, they use some of the original choreography, but like not all of it. It's very confusing. Like copyright wise, any of it. I don't know if they use any of it. I don't know if the Bennett estate played ball. And then they also cut music in the mirror. It's such a strange film. I feel like there needs, there's like an oral history of that movie out there somewhere. And I'm leading with your story. I'll tell you that. Well, I, you know, I don't really know. I was very self-involved then. I had left the ballet world. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Cleveland Ballet and I didn't get, I was an apprentice. I didn't get a contract. I left in a bit of a huff yeah. to cover up how disappointed I was and came to the city and, and got a, got that a job. A good role. Yeah. Yeah. A speaking role. Um, um, my father laughed at how much I was getting paid because we were getting really ripped off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Keep laughing, really Bobby. Wait, do you see? Wait, do you see what 2023 looks like? I know. I was like, Dad, Dad, I'm making thirty thousand dollars, and he was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I gotta ask about your animals. My animules, yeah, okay. What's the who, who? How? What are we talking about here? Uh, you got dogs. Oh, you gotta see these. You gotta see these alpacas okay. that she's got. So I that- have seven cashmere goats. Okay. <laughs> Five. Oh, that is so many goats. <laughs> uh huh. Not really. I have friends who have forty, so um, <laughs> a lot of goats. I'm I'm a beginner here. Okay, you're a shepherd. Yeah. So I seven... carry a shepherd's crook with me, actually. Oh, at a girl. So five were born here last okay. July. God, your dad would teach people to dance with canes and then cut to you with a shepherd's crook. I, I love know. It. It's, I'm little Bo Peep. You know. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> um. So seven cashmere goats, uh, three Suri alpaca. There's two kinds of alpaca, wakaya and Suri. Wakaya are like big puff balls Mm -hmm. and Suri have like the long silky hair. Okay. I went with the long silky hair ones. (laughs) Okay. So they get sheared and combed and um, like you make yarn and you make really soft sweaters and things with them and then there's a lot of chickens and a couple of roosters and um a lot of farm fresh eggs and those dogs are huge and three really big dogs they're all over 100 pounds they're all over 115 pounds wow what kind of dogs are those the i have a bernese mountain dog who's a clown okay Um, (laughs) he is a clown and Mm -hmm. um his name is hero and then i have um well there's this this guy. Okay. Oh, that's that's Beulah. Oh, and okay. Got the it. Three alpaca. So, okay. So the alpaca names are really fun. The brown one, he's Rocco, because okay. I spent a lot of time on Long Island. Yeah. So that's Pal and Sport, which were names that my dad used to use all the time, like Pal and Sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they're Pal and Sport, and then the dark brown one is Rocco. 
because I spent a lot of time on Long Island and, and I liked the name Rocco. Fair amount of Roccos and yeah, he's a little yeah. bit like the bouncer in the group, you know, he's sure. the enforcer. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Any cats? No cats right now. No cats. I grew up with lots of no cats. No mm-hmm. cats. Last cats. thing I want to do is like dig in the garden and pick up a piece of cat shit in my hands. So, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel like cats are dropping off their resume to be like, you need somebody to look after these chickens. And you're like, you're just gonna kill the chickens. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um about dancing and the piece that you wrote for American theater, which was so great and illuminating yeah. and um, and I saw it and I and I loved it and it was it was so incredible and I and I listened to the 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 podcast that um I forget the name of the podcast but it was such a great um chat um, fabulous invalid yes and it was and I and I didn't realize you know even though I own this this freaky poster <laughs> I was mm-hmm. I never really knew that much about the history of the show and I I learned so much about it the hosts were positing that maybe your dad's answer to a chorus line and originally it was called dancers which may or may not be true but it was definitely a celebration of the performers in a way that i i loved my it was almost like i don't want to say it was my favorite part but the curtain call was so cool because every time someone came out to take a bow tom this was so mm-hmm. awesome that they had a huge screen behind them and it said their name in light oh that's like, amazing enormous and dancers never get any yeah. kind of, you know, uh, like recognition like mm-hmm. that. So every time there was a, a bow, someone would come out, do a solo, and you saw their name behind them. And it was such an incredible, generous moment. It seemed to be like directly from yeah. your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how the bows were done in the original in the 78 dancing. Um, but it was a, a video of the dancer. So the dancer would come out and then there was a slow motion video of them behind them. And there was an announcer saying their name. And so Wayne took it one step farther. Like everybody gets their name in lights here. So, <laughs> so cool. Amazing. It was so satisfying. Yeah. And because they're yeah. all sta- they're all stars. I've never seen like the most incredible athletes you've ever seen in your life incredible athletes and artists mm-hmm. yeah i mean they, some of them well all of them in their own ways i mean the the humor in their bodies and the pathos and the poetry and the ability to storytell energetically without words was just um they blew me away they, i thought they were incredible and so I mean, that piece, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. The system's broken. You know, this, the, I, I don't think that's the only problem with the system that, um, that we didn't quite fit into a category. I, I honestly, I think that, you know, there was a lot of people from the original time of dancing or that worked with my father back in the seventies and eighties, and they didn't, appreciate this iteration of dancing they yeah um, they were very much against it actually and some of them know people on the nominating committees or i don't know but i think there we got iced we got totally shut out and there's something really wrong with that i mean i'm you know nicole fucking fossey here i'm gonna be tough and i'm just gonna call it out you know um yeah and and then I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but the ans- the 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 dancers could not be nominated, not nominated as a non-competitive special award. They could not receive 
best ensemble because that's what the Tonys has to offer because they're all on principal contracts. And that was your dad's wishes that yeah. everybody would be on a principal contract, which was unheard of for a dancer. Right. Right. So they were and basically then, like punished for that in a way. Right. And then, but they couldn't create a, a special award for best company. Right. right. And they didn't have the special award that they used to, which right. I guess Kiki and Herb were nominated under a few years ago. Yeah, I don't know the reasons. Um, and then I asked um, Joey Parnes, the producer, I said, what about getting a Lifetime Achievement Award for mm -hmm. Bob Fosse? Right. He's never received one. Well, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Neither is Gwen Verdon. But um so, but if you're dead, you can't receive a lifetime achievement award. There's no got it. You have to... awards. That I doesn't okay. even make sense to me either. Yeah, it's always weird when people accept a lifetime achievement award when they're not like dead yet, because it's like I'm I'm mm -hmm. still trying to do things. I'm still working, yeah. guys. I'm still working. <laughs> I'm trying to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, there was just there's a lot wrong. I think this whole system needs to be revamped. I think it's a product of let me backtrack. It used to be a simple dinner in a ballroom of a hotel and it was not televised and it was just in-house industry people recognizing extraordinary achievements. Right. And then we're in this really competitive society and we're in this very black and white thinking kind of society. Right. That there's winners and there's losers and we lose everything in between. So if there's winners, that means there has to be losers. Right. And mm -hmm. and I just I don't know. I think it should just be about recognition. Yeah. It, it was a great show. It's insane. It wasn't nominated for Tony. It's a tr it's it's terrible that it had to close. It is it is in, and, I, and I'm and I'm so sorry. You know who loved it? Youth, people that would never, young people that would never go to Broadway because they don't want to see like the yeah. kind of Disney classics. They yeah. don't want to see, um, you know, Lion King. They're too old for that. You know, they don't want to go see Phantom of the Opera because they're too young for that. Right. And it's corny. Right? And so this would have appealed to a, a whole new demographic of Broadway theater goers. And in my opinion, if we don't expand what is considered viable on Broadway, it's going to ultimately be the demise of Broadway because the, the audience is going to be so narrow. The ticket prices are so high. Yeah. And, and it's going to become formulaic and there's going to be no chance taking, no, no, no experimentation and experimentation, you know, or coloring outside the lines doesn't have to happen in some basement in, in Brooklyn, right. Mm -hmm. You know, where you sit on a pillow on the floor and do experimental theater, right? Right. On Broadway, you can try different things, especially when you have like Bob Fosse material is like, it's already tried and true. It's not like, oh, we don't know, right? <laughs> it's already, Broadway loves to, to say, oh, you know, Bob Fosse was ours. Bob Fosse was ours. Yeah. And then, I don't know what I don't really know what happened 
but um, we'll be back somehow. We'll be back. We're not done yet. I want to receive. Well, this is also a business opportunity for me and Julie. You want experimental theater? Julie and I would like to do a Broadway show called Sitting. 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 Instead of dancing. Instead sittin'. of dancing, it's called okay. Sitting, and it's just the two of us sitting on stage. On a pillow in Brooklyn. <laughs> on a pillow. We want to bring it, it to takes Broadway. Place in Brooklyn, but on Broadway. Yes, it, it's it's a set that looks like Brooklyn, but we want it to be at the majestic. <laughs> we would like to. This is an opportunity for you, actually. And and the the, the chandelier falls just you know for shit. We can't. Af- we don't. We can't afford a chandelier. No. Okay. We have a pretty sweet flashlight, though. Okay. <laughs> Um, can we no. put you? Can we put you down for one hundred percent of the investment. Nicole Fossey presents <laughs> sitting. Uh, we'll talk about this. Okay, we'll that talk. sounds like that, a that yes. That sounds like a yes. That sounds like your your parents talking about cats or not talking yes. about cats. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Also, Nicole, we have our producer Brett wants to ask you a question. Oh, sure. that's thank all you right. so much. Yeah, this has been absolute Hi, thrill. Brett. Hi, Nicole. How's it going? Uh, Good, this has how been, are you? I'm great. This, I'm in heaven. This has been such a thrill to listen to. Uh, I, I can't compete with Julie on this, but I, I do have a, an original theatrical release poster of Cabaret in my house. It's a, one of my favorite movies. It's always meant a lot to me. Uh, so this has been such a thrill. And I I wanted to, I, I have a hundred questions I'd love to ask, but I have one in particular. There's a story I've always heard about Cabaret that I think is really funny. And I wanted to see if you've heard about this or if it's true or not, or if it's just a legend, uh, which is that, uh, that the cabaret was when it went over to Munich to shoot on the sound stages over there. Uh, the movie that was uh, that was shooting ahead of them on the same sound stage was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder one, and they were going over schedule, uh, and so cabaret had to get pushed back. And I've heard that uh, that your dad, obviously, you know, he's he's there's all this stuff going on. It's hectic with the budget and everything, so he starts getting really pissed off that Willy Wonka is going long. And would would essentially come onto the set every day and say, "When the fuck is this movie going to be done? I have to make cabaret." Uh, and I sp- uh, in- heard too that that the um, you know the uh, R- Rusty Joffe, who was one of the Oompa Loompas, said that all of the him and all the Oompa Loompas thought this was like the funniest thing in the world. That every day, almost like clockwork. Bob Fosse would ru- <laughs> rush onto the, and they were shooting all the chocolate factory interior. So essentially Bob Fosse is like running into the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and saying, hurry up, finish this movie. Uh, and I, I want to know if that's, if, if you've ever heard that or if that's true. I or- have no idea, but the image of my father standing there with a bunch of Oompa Loompas in costume, <laughs> like and Cabaret and Willy Wonka mm-hmm. couldn't be any more different. Although Gene Wilder could have been an MC in Cabaret. He could oh, have yeah. done that. He would have been amazing. amazing. Yeah, he could have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so this is so weird. My husband that I met in Munich, he was a stagehand when I went over there doing West Side Story. His best friend... Boris Neureiter, Boris's father. I mean, these are all big German names, right? Boris's father worked at the sound stage in Munich where Cabaret was filmed. I'm going to ask Boris to ask his dad if Willy Wonka was there 
directly preceding Cabaret. We want to picture your father screaming at Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Yeah, I can I can see that. I don't know if he would scream at them. I think he would like light a cigarette, Mm -hmm. look down at his shoes, shuffle his feet. And say, uh, are, are, are you done yet? <laughs> <laughs> even better. Even the story did, did, only did gets get, better. Did you get the shot? Do you do you really need to shoot that again? Who, who's the director here? Right? Yeah. <laughs> did we get enough coverage of Augustus Gloop or are we ready to move on? <laughs> right. Because I actually have something to say. We probably take the Oompa Loompas out drinking and... Yeah. Then they'd all be hung over the next day. And (laughs) then some kid unwraps a chocolate bar that has a cigarette butt in it uh, (laughs) a couple months later. My my father's father was a chocolate bar salesman. So there's, yeah. So there's some weird, you know, stuff here. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, well, Nicole, this was such a pleasure. I, I, we cannot thank you enough for doing the show and only wish you great things and, um, again, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us. Yes. Sure. Yeah, so it was fun, fun being on. Thank you. Now go shear those alpacas. I think yeah, uh, I we got to get some sweaters made. Yeah, I, I had to keep my white T-shirt very clean for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> very you impressive. You touch me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can get dirty again now. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Thank Nicole. You so I'll much. talk to you okay. soon. Thanks, Nicole. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you, bye. So that was fun. I'm so happy we got to have that chit chat. That was amazing. She was so interesting in those stories. I still can't believe what it. It's just such a. It's such a like a reality shock that that could be day to day life. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to wrap my head around that concept. I mean, all that jazz is such a. If you only see one, if you don't know anything about Bob Fosse or Gwen Verdon or any of it, you don't know anything about Broadway or any of that. I just say, see mm-hmm. all that jazz or cabaret. And that's kind of all you need to know to be like, oh, okay, this is a legendary thing. Yes. Maybe it's not your thing, but, but it is a legendary thing. And there are certain things like that. So it drives me nuts with certain things when people are like, oh, that sucked. It's like, yeah, look, you can go say that you thought uh, I now pronounce you Jaws. Chuck and Larry sucks. Oh, that. But there are certain works of art that if yes. you're not vibing with it, you have to say, right. I'm not clicking with this. Not that sucks. Right. You just have to say like, it's not for me. Exactly. That's exactly it. There is a distinction but I, there. I, but I do think, and I, I don't know if I said this, but we've discussed this before, just that like Fosse doesn't get the same credit as his contemporaries from new cinema from mm-hmm. like you know the De Palma Coppola camp of mm-hmm. you know like the great filmmakers because he famously don't beat, think he's uh, in that sentence beat Coppola for best director the year uh uh Godfather was out mm-hmm. um haha did I do that that's what he said when he won a lot of that has to do with the fact that he could choose to live in whatever creative world he wanted to live in and they're right. dedicated to one medium and 
He's right. conquering television and cinema yeah. and stage, and he's just cleaning up at everything. Like he, it's just like that's such a huge part. the The ability to move wherever he wanted to go, he went. These other directors are living in movies only. Well, I'm glad you said that. That was the year he won the triple. Remember, he won the Mm -hmm. to quote Bob Odenkirk, triples is best. He won the Tony Grammy. Sorry, not the Grammy, the Tony Oscar and Emmy, all for best director. Yes. Sorry, Brett, what were you saying? I was going to say, I'm just so glad you said the beginning of of advocating for him as a filmmaker and Mm -hmm. not just, you know, a choreographer or like a creative mind. But like as as I think I think he he doesn't get included in that new Hollywood group. And I think it's a shame. I think he's I think he has the chops that they have. and I mean, even just in, in and then some, yeah. And then some. I mean, ca- ca- Cabaret is not just a f- filmed play or something; it's a movie, movie. And I mean, th- there's so many good moves. I mean, the the famous of move where you you know it's, it's so simple, but like when the Hitler Youth kid starts singing, and it seems just like a sweet kid singing, and then the pan down, and then you see he's wearing a Nazi uniform, and it's like the first kind of explicit. Uh, kind of uh, appearance of the of the Nazis in the movie, and then suddenly there's just the whole tone of the movie changes. I mean, it, that's a real a, a filmmaker move. Well, the light, there. Yeah. yeah, the light in that shot is insane. Yeah, the like the daylight. You're like, oh, that's what broad daylight is, because mm-hmm. the rest, like, so much of it is in the Kit Kat Club, which is so dark, and then it's like, well, this is when plain air. And yikes! I think all these. These old timey filmmakers, these seventies guys, should all been forced to do a musical, like as they're because Coppola did Finnegan's Rainbow, which apparently I'm obsessed with. De Palma did Fan of the Paradise. Spielberg did West Side Story later. Mm-hmm. Scorsese, I guess New York, New yeah, York New would York, be the closest yeah. thing. Yeah. Although they cut that segment at the end of it. Anyway, food for thought. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Concert films, I guess, are a different animal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like mu- like a proper musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With choreo, which is what I call choreography. Yeah. A five, six, seven, eight. Well, that was incredible. And uh before we end the show, as promised earlier, I gotta get I gotta I gotta start cutting into this mailbag because I mean otherwise otherwise there's gonna be no room in my office. Um I'm gonna be like uh, you know, Santa Yes, so you're gonna be like Santa. Mm-hmm. Santa Christmas. I'm gonna have no. I'm gonna have so many letters. I'm not gonna be able to get through them all. Uh, so this this first one, and I and this is this is the aforementioned one that included ten dollars, which I believe, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, that was Please the. Please stop sending Brett money. I I know we yeah, said that, like we, that, that you should, it. but I don't like it at all, and it's it brings into question how much does he have to declare? Do we need to let yeah. Joe know it, it, who's in on it? We start fighting. It gets weird. Brett. Oh yeah. Sorry, I just we got news for you. That last week, where Brett has that wind up, whatever he responds to us. Oh, that was amazing! The idea, the one when the I went. Oh, so, I love the wind up because it's just it's like someone just being like, "Oh, what? What? I have to deal with idiots again." Yeah. What do these idiots want from me? It's kind of what he's saying when he goes, "Oh, your voice is kind yeah. of like it's a it's like a." defibrillator almost just the sound of your voice mm. i kind of just like just sort of shocks me into life Brett, yeah. that's the nicest We're in the thing sweet anybody piece ever of said death it's true you've you've cast a spell on me mm-hmm. um well look brett i know you want to take us down these detours i love it 
Tell us about the mailbag. All right. So this is... Uh, What's I in your mailbag, Brett? See, I believe the reason for the $10, I believe you, you had mentioned... The, uh, so we told people to put cash in and we're changing our mind. Yes, we don't like it. We liked it before. Now we don't like it now that it's happening. It was like a, you know, you slip the door guy. The idea was if, if you ha- include cash, you go to the top of the list. So I'm just honoring that. So this was the most recent. Tips to ensure proper services or yeah. preferential yeah. service is what you're asking right. for. I'm asking for bribes is what I'm asking for. Okay. I mean, yeah. And we're asking people to stop doing that because we made a yeah. mistake. Bribes boom. BB, double B. So, uh, listener clip. This is, this is, this is, wow. This is exciting. I can't, I'm I'm looking at a YouTube link that was written down on a piece of paper and sent to me uh, from a self described double threat super fan, Amy Hutchings. Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you, Amy. There's a lot of fun stickers on here. This is very, this is, this was a very nice letter to get. This is very cool. So, let's see. We've got um, youtube.com slash watch. Uh, question mark. You don't need to say it. V equals sign. Yeah, That's don't fine. read the whole thing. Uh, just, You're okay. All right, G1. He needs to. Uppercase he wants y, to make uppercase up C, lowercase F, uppercase typing. S, lowercase M, lowercase yeah. W, uppercase H, 3, lowercase C. Uh, all right, here we go. And I'm just going to bring it up on screen here. It says Sesame Street uh, Les Miserables. Uh, a Sesame Street uh, Les Mis parody. And I'm being told to start it at um, the four-minute mark. I, pre- that, I appreciate that. Thank you for the time codes. Yeah. People sending me 50-minute videos. Mm-hmm. There we go. Here we Les go. Musarabla sounds good. All right. All right. I'm on board. Friend Cookie Monster here. Who's Cookie play Jean Valjean? So somebody's playing Angel Food. <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right, here we go. Uh, Les Musarabla. So why don't you share your cookies with all your friends? Mwah! Maybe if me sing song about it, me have epiphany. Who oh, me am? And me monster <laughs> who doesn't care? Or me monster who want to share. If me have cookie and friends have none, then me should share with everyone who me am. We know who you are, Jean Bonbon, but will you share your cookies? Yes, Angel Food, me share cookies! I've got marshmallows, s'mores for everybody! One day Musarabla, the feel-good and not-so-good movie of the year. Ooh, I like that. that. That's fun. That was really good. I, I, yeah. I have like, I guess, I guess I just have a hard time taking off my producer hat, my writer hat, because I'm like, how are they going to handle um, all the stuff with the, you know, <laughs> the sad stuff. Um, they, I think they can brush past it. Yeah. Brush past, uh, Eponine 
selling I'm, your hair and that oh yes yeah mm-hmm. i'm thrown by the fact that some dude shows up with marshmallows and <laughs> and is under the belief that a chocolate chip cookie and a marshmallow is a s'more well that happens in the show it does oh i'm sorry have you not seen my miss oh no of course, I've seen of course I've seen Zorab- 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 well then pronounce it um less miserables that's and that is how you'll feel when you see my new musical. Less miserable. Um, that is not how you make a s'more, but I would eat it. Well, that was a great one they mailed in. Thank you. That was worth it. And we made money off of that. We got paid to pay that uh, pay to play. I think we should model. send it back. I think we should send it back. I don't want to be beholden. You're more Unless- of a. Uh, I'm more of a Clarence Thomas when it comes to stuff like this. Give me all of it. Also from Georgia. If Tom, just add to your list. There you go. I learned about that recently that he's from near Savannah, right? Well, he's from this. Inc- uh, I can't even. It's so. <gasps> tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Well, tell me. Tell it's me. Just, tell he, me. He's from this incredible um, community outside Savannah um, in the in the marshes outside Savannah uh, called Pinpoint. Um, which is one of the main yes, uh, was... Gullah Geechee uh, strongholds. Um, and, uh, the Gullah Geechee uh, people are, are um, uh, former uh, slaves and descendants of slaves uh, who developed this rich uh, uh, West African-inspired culture all along the, the, the Georgia and South Carolina coastline. Um, and they've produced all this incredible uh, art and music and food and, and it's language. Just an incredible uh, community. Uh, I have this, I have this, uh, amazing cookbook by this guy Matthew Rayford, uh, who's from there, um, and yeah. So, so Pinpoint is is just one of the coolest, uh, most interesting places in Georgia. Um, but uh, it's also now maybe best known as the birthplace of Clarence Thomas. I was so. listening to a podcast about about that about him about his because there's a documentary, and so they were saying that he was like bullied mercilessly from like being from there. Um, yeah. I actually, but Tom, you know that Harlan Crow and I go back. Like I'm, I know, Harlan yes. Crow and I, Harlan Crow and I are. I don't want to say it, but like, because I always say like Tom and I are the best of friends, and mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so like, uh, at the end of the day, my my best friend is Harlan. Oh, Crow, and I've and always I, known that. I've been, I get right. envious sometimes. It flares up, but I'm just. So then I think about the the man, and I can't deny it. And we sometimes we hold hands and we skip across mm-hmm. a field of dreams. Yes, and you were helping design his um, trophy case. Well, he calls yes. it a trophy case. I'll tell, give you a hint. What's in those cases is not really trophies. Okay. Like what? What was the prize? Uh, what's what's one of the the prize uh, items you helped him well, get? They, were, a hold they of? were medals. They were medals. Okay. Yeah. For but they weren't for people on like our side of the world. Sure, wanted, no, of you know. course. Yeah. So anyway, he's a good guy. And he's of got course, a great. Yeah. He gives a great hug. Um, he was there. Um, the night I uh, my toilet stopped working. Um, I shouldn't tell that story, but uh, I guess it just did. Let me anyway, get in here. She wants his toilet ain't working. He and and he made it a lot worse actually. Yeah. But then he walked me to the Dunkin' Donuts in the corner and he's like, I'll this door doesn't lock. I'll watch out. I'll be I'll be on lookout. And I said, okay. And then I came out and he was eating a cruller. 
Yeah, where where were you with him? I was at the dunk. Okay, so my Dunkin bathroom Dons. broke. My mm. bathroom broke. I said, fix the toilet. He tried. He made it much, much worse. Mm. So I had to get out. So I got out. We went to, I said, I have to go to the bathroom. He goes, there's a dog and no one is on the corner. I said, yeah. fine. It wasn't the corner. It was like seven blocks away, but I went down okay. stairs yeah. and then I went to the bathroom and I said, this door doesn't lock. Will you watch out to make sure uh -huh. no one comes in? Walks it on me. He says, absolutely. I go, I use the bathroom. I come out. He, not only is he not at the door, he's eating a crawler and he's tilted his head back. He's downing it like a baby bird. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's knocking said, back oh, that a looks crawler. Good. Yeah, yeah but I said, was did he you not, get anything he, for me? He wasn't even watching the door anymore, though. No, and he, and I said, did you get anything for me? Uh -huh. And he said, oops. Yeah. But I oops, forgave him. I did it again. Yeah. Forgot to get you a donut. Not even a munchkin. Harlan Crow, also from Georgia. I'm assuming. Oh, I'm... I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think he's from Texas, isn't he? A Texas guy. I mean, he's not from Scarsdale. From Dallas. Either. Well, that's that's on Amy. That's not on okay. me. Okay. But between the two of oh, us, he threw his wife under the bus faster I than know. I've Look ever seen anyone <laughs> yeah. do anything. It's what we bond over. Between the two of us, we account for the hometowns of all the horrible people in the. You in two the, in the are. Country. Like Clarence Thomas and Harlan Crow. Ginny, one's from Ginny. Georgia, one's from oh. Dallas. Right. And they are bonded for life. So you never, mm -hmm. I, I know you would never think it, but I do. I just want to say again visit Clarence Thomas's hometown. It is incredible. It's an incredible place. And you don't have to call it that. You don't have to think of that, you know, as that, what it's mm -hmm. known for. But I'm just saying, it's a, you wouldn't think it, but it's a, it's a very mm -hmm. cool place. And I, Ran into Ginny Thomas at Toothsome's. She <laughs> loves it there. Really? Yeah. She does she sit at the counter? Does she have her own stool? Um, Ginny's stool. She does have a corner booth. Is she um on her laptop like the whole time? Because if she is, she's planning another. She's planning Another something. Yes. Yeah, she's planning something. Yeah. Yes. There better not be an insurrection at Toothsome's. There I won't better. be able to. I I won't be able to handle it. No, I I won't either. Somebody takes the podium that like the host stands at for mm -hmm. reservations and tucks it under their arm. Yes, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Trotting around Toothsome's, holding the <laughs> the little podium at the front, the reservation podium. Jock like joins in. Jock, no! Does not compute. Jock puts his feet up on someone's table. Jock, no! Jock, yes. <laughs> Jock, yes. Wait, wait. Anything else in that old rotten mailbag? Yes. Yeah, I've got one more. Let me get out of here before it. This one's starting to mold, so let's let's get this one out of the way. Um, What's this one say, Brett? All right, it says. Uh, Link here. This is from Dan. Dan. Dan also put a sticker on here. We got a little sticker thing going on. You can get a little sticker book going. This get a little great. sticker collection. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Stickers are fun. Everyone likes them. Uh, Sandy, no, those are daddy stickers. <laughs> no, no. I gave you your stickers. These are my stickers. Where'd you put them? Oh, God damn it. They're all over the chair. Like, These are daddy's oh, stickers. Oh, dear. 
a pair of fruits and vegetables because they have stickers on them and daddy yelled yeah. at him once. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. YouTube. He's not laughing. <laughs> forward slash three. Don't. Lowercase w, Fine. uppercase Do Q. Wait, I mean, I have to type to. it out. I might Fine. as well just... Do my, be my guest. Uppercase C, lowercase E, underscore. Five, lowercase W, uppercase Y, six, uppercase oh. A. Have you ever seen and... Lenny? Tom, you ever watched Lenny? The, 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 the movie? movie. I'm just I thinking about... Fossey only made like five movies. Yes. Let me see if I can name them. Let me see if yeah, I can name them. go ahead. Sweet Charity. Yep. Cabaret. Yep. Sweet Charity. Cabaret. Sign adventure. Brad, no. he didn't make that. Sweet chariot. Uh, sweet, sweet charity. Cabaret. Lenny. All that jazz. Star 80. Yep. There we go. You got it. And then in Cabaret, you also throw in Lies with a Z. With a Z yep. 71. The television special. 71. 72. It was 72. all 72, but he won the all those awards in 73. Yes. It was all 72 was like an insane year because that was also Pippin, which was mm -hmm. bananas. Like mm -hmm. they never did a movie of it, but the yeah. Oh, I did. Just like, um, I've seen your Pippin. Yeah. It's basically that's Harpo's Pippin. It's a, you did, yes. <laughs> I wasn't even looking and I saw it. What about, oh yeah, it's about Scotty Pippin? I was gonna say that's my Pippin. It's basically Scotty. that Scotty Pippin sub commercial. <laughs> And just so you know, How, Julie, yes, Scotty Pippen yeah. played side by side with Michael Knicks, Jordan. Right? He was in the Knicks. No, I remember that was the a big Chicago Bulls. Not the Knicks, the Bulls, and like that big year was like Michael Jordan. Like Michael Pippen. Jordan. He was number twenty-three. Yes. And right now, Scotty Pippen is going around telling people Michael Jordan was a horrible basketball player. Well, that's. Why, Brett? Tell Julie why Scottie <laughs> Pippen might have an axe to grind with Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I saw this headline. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't read the actual. Well, article. because Michael Jordan's son is currently dating Scottie Pippen's <gasps> ex-wife. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm pretty sure that's oh, what gosh. the dynamic is. Wow! I like how he's going around saying like, he's like. Michael Jordan's a horrible basketball player, and everybody on earth he's saying it to knows. It's like quantifiably, like objectively, provably false, right? Oh, it's it's Isn't it? yeah, it's the most provably false thing. Scotty Pippen. Oh yeah, here it is. Made their relationship Instagram official in January. Oh Has been my linked to none God. other than Michael Jordan's second eldest son, Marcus. <gasps> wow. So wow. now you know why Scotty Pippen might Has an not be a grind. fan. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Circle of life. What else you got, Brent? Oh. Uh, Brett, you know what he meant. Sorry, I was just holding for Brent. Hmm? Oh, what do you got? A... Brett, come on. Uh, trying uh, to do me. A show okay, here. got it. Um, trying to do a show here. Sorry, sorry. I thought I thought you were asking somebody else. Um, oh, no, no. Brett Bone. Are you ready? I have a question for you. Are you ready yeah. for some for football? Some football. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Ted Lasso, race. you think you are. It's you a, think you are, but you're not. I love the idea that it is a a stupidity race, and with me and Julie, and <laughs> it almost always comes down to a photo finish 
of who who wins the race. Say the stupid it's just thing like first. The run, the photo is yeah. of who's breaking the ribbon, and it's like, and then the photo fish is just like, that's a tie. It's a, by a nose. Yeah. Nobody won that one. So what's happening in this clip, Brett? What are we ready for? Uh, this is a clip of Al Goldstein. Ooh, I'm, I'm listening. Interested. Al Goldstein, uh, uh, and Al Goldstein was the the editor of um, Screw. Screw, Screw. Thank you, thank you. Um, Al Goldstein uh, interviewing a uh, uh, legendary sort of singer, eccentric outsider, Tiny Tim. Al Goldstein interviewing Tiny Tim. Oh, and is this on course, Mr. his public access show? This is on a show called Midnight Blue. Midnight Blue. Of course. Okay. Yes. Well, of course, Mr. Goldstein. I'm such a huge fan. I want to. <laughs> Okay. So let's see what these two have to talk about. For Midnight Blue, usually we have porno actors, actresses, people who suck cock, women who could take on four right. dicks uh, or 87 bozos in one afternoon. Today we have, a, relatively speaking, the classy afternoon. We have a, a sort of legendary musical figure. And also, let me 60s, just say, uh, who Al Goldstein. Tremendous... Al Goldstein, also from Georgia. The accent, that's a <laughs> thick Georgia accent. <laughs> he might as well have a, a apple, big apple on his forehead. Like that's the most New York anybody's ever been. Yeah, usually on this show we got all sorts of, <laughs> got all porno actresses. Yeah. <laughs> Chicks taking on 87 bozos in an afternoon. That's Bozo the Clown, right? That would be... Uh... It's 87 oh bozos, yes. <gasps> okay. All right. Publicity uh, gallop, Tiny Tim. Tiny, uh, it's a rather uh, uh, odd meeting. We almost have to quit meeting like this. You're considered to be a a tasteful, very religious person. So the first question is, why are you here with me on Midnight Blue? Well, first of all, Mr. Goldstein, it's a pleasure being on your show. Thank you, Tim. And, well, first of all, I was asked. Uh, uh, secondly, uh, I'm the biggest sinner in the world. Really good. And when I say this, I don't say it just for false modesty. I mean it. The good Lord, you know, my mother was Jewish, my father's Catholic. I just believe in Jesus Christ as the answer to life. Uh, and I believe that the world, there's hardly a, everyone is full of error uh, in this world, whether you're uh, living in conservative suburbia or whether you're down in the village. From nature, in, since the fall of the Garden of Eden, man is, has been in error since that time. Uh, no matter what kind of suit or clothes or whatever you wear, the heart is evil. There are people who go to religious institutions every day and commit adulteries at night and decry those who... Uh, you know, have papers or Playboy magazines, and they say, get them off the air. They become judges. Uh, the world is full of error. And so it's a pleasure for me to be on this show, as it was, it would be the Mr. Carson show. Have you ever masturbated? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yes. And was it something that filled you with pleasure or shame? Uh, shame entirely. Uh, because I really believe this. I, I believe that um, uh, when that's happened, it 
it's still I felt bad because it's an act that was reserved only for marriage. I've asked the Lord for strength and never to do it again. And if I did it again, I would never, never stop until I quit. And uh, you, you never give up. The same with the diet. No matter, I used to be heavy and way heavier, and I'd never stop. I'd say never again. And then I had a big pizza meal. But I said I'd never <laughs> stop saying never as long as I keep knocking positive thinking in and never quit until you overcome yourself and get onto that diet. And the same thing when I did those uh, things with myself, uh, I never said it was right. I still believe it was wrong except that I was weak and tempted. And I just asked the Lord for strength to overcome these things. And he gave it to me. Do, are you, do you have any recollection of what a woman tastes like? Uh, no, I really don't. Because um, most of the time it was covered with honey or peanut butter. That's getting me hungry, that part. Uh, and so the honey and peanut butter was just, you know, covering whatever taste there might be. Uh, so I can't Brad, say that I've had any taste. Pause, please. I, beg you I don't vet stop. these clips. I don't vet them. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yes. I, um... Oh, hello, Miss Julie. I'm very excited to be here with you today, and uh, I want to know if you want to go to Katz's Deli, and I could perhaps buy you a uh, knish. Do you like eating ass? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so exciting to be here, Miss Julie. Uh, I wonder if I could ask for your hand in marriage, Miss Julie. I... Uh. Al Goldstein, that cigar. Like, it's perfect. Rest in peace. He couldn't wait. No, why would he? Why should he? Here's the why should he wait? Why okay. should that man deny himself a pleasure at all the all hours of the day? Any hmm. any any time he's awake is a is an opportunity for him mm -hmm. to have a cigar in his hand and a pastrami mm -hmm. sandwich yeah. in his mouth and God knows yeah. what below the belt. Oh, it's exciting to be here at Toothsome's with uh, you, Miss Julie. I uh, wonder if we could, by any chance, get the robot to come to the table and... You and two like to suck and fuck! <laughs> and vomit some uh, cotton like candy dirty, for us. It's a dirty robot. They <laughs> replaced Jacques Al Goldstein with, like, is Jacques Al now. Goldstein is the robot now. Great news, everybody. Jacques will be played by pornographer Al Goldstein this week. And eating in the restaurant is Tiny Tim. Oh, it's so exciting. I think I'll, I would love to try some of this chocolate bread if I could perhaps order some. Miss Julie, would you like a uh, a soft drink perhaps or a, uh, a gl glass of water? You two are classy. Usually we get... Yeah, I'm the robot. Time to barf. I don't think Al Goldstein's ever thrown up. That's the problem. That might be the problem. Who knows what would come out? I don't think his body's out. ever been like, nope. A demon would come out. Man, that 87 Bozos thing is the funniest thing yeah, I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Yeah. Usually on this show, we talk to porno actresses. <laughs> I, listen, I, I've said this before. Mm -hmm. I maintain it. I will take Al Goldstein over Hugh Hefner any day of the week. Mm -hmm. You get you, what you see is what you get. Yeah. There's no veneer of like, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm actually like the Lorne Michaels of porno because like people yeah. who, I mean, you talk about Star 80, that's mm -hmm. the sleaziest movie ever. 
That whole culture is revolting. Rather have a guy be like, you remember the taste of a woman? To poor tiny Tim, who's got the yeah. mind of a child, who's yeah. talking about, oh, I remember honey and peanut butter. You know what they could call this interview? What? Tiptoe through the screw lips. <laughs> mm, I can't do it anymore. That might have been it. That might have been the one. I like it. I think it's good. That might have broken me. That was me. great. Who sent that in? Uh, that was Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we couldn't have gotten him. Uh, this was Dan. Dan, thank Dan, you so much. That was great. Wow. But unfortunately, Dan. you are banned. Yes. You are banned. It is now the beginning of the Dan band. Yes. But you took and your shot. Wanna, I gotta, I gotta we respect like it. Ban someone else. We should lift that ban. I think we did ban somebody else. Yeah, you're allowed to do you're allowed to listen to the show, but ban the band the Dan ban is in effect though. You're not gonna like this one, Brett. Yeah. You know who else is banned now? Who? I'm not gonna na- say their name, but name is now Bandy, not Sandy. <sighs> Bandy. Sandy's been banned. He's not going to be able to sleep do? unless he has the sound of his of our voices. He's not going to be able to sleep. What did he do? Our he voices a, are like a lullaby. He put all those stickers all over the place. Those were your stickers. <laughs> those are my stickers! Okay, wait. Whoa, 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 those are my stickers! Daddy's stickers! You got your own stickers! How'd you get a hold of my stickers? I put them on a shelf. I'm going to say, instead of cash, please submit stickers for Brett's yes. sticker book yes. in these letters. And please keep them coming. These are very good, and we like them. Yes, and a certified letter to me, and if it only had inside YouTube, and spell you YouTube wrong. <laughs> or tube. It's spelled you, the you or the tube, spell something wrong if it just says YouTube. I hate that Al Goldstein asked Tiny Tim if he masturbated. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that. You masturbate. (laughs) Why would you ask Tiny Tim that? I have, Mr. Goldstein, and I I quite regret it, Mr. Goldstein. I feel dreadful about it. Uh, Dreadful. And who did he marry, Miss Mousy? (sighs) That was Froggy. He, Froggy went a court. And, for he went a court, and t- Tiny Tim went a court and, and married uh, Miss Miss uh, Miss Vicky. Mm. I believe it was Miss Vicky. All right. Well, sounds legit. Confirmed. What else we got? Nicely done. Thank you. Oh, that's gonna uh, that's gonna do it for us this week on Double Threat. Very nice, everybody. Very nice. We did it again. We did it again. Another one for the history books. And you know, this Ron DeSantis is banning all the all the bad books. You don't need to yeah. worry about the good books or the good yeah. book. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I'm concerned is he banned sticker books. <laughs> no, Ron DeSantis is my sticker book. Ron DeSantis is on the floor with Sandy putting <laughs> stickers everywhere. Like- Those are my stickers. Brett is chasing Ron DeSantis, <laughs> and then a, and then an alligator comes out of nowhere and just like chomps on his leg, brings him down. Yeah, and that's what we call the Florida Georgia line. Mm-hmm. Right there, Brett walks the line. 
play that song while he's chasing after oh, the Florida Georgia Lions. What I used to snort in college. Brett, oh, stop God. talking about your drug abuse. Yeah, take it easy. Take it easy, uh, Hunter Thompson. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Rate and review and subscribe. All of that we appreciate it, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.